Every time you have an interesting idea, think of what could I do today, down and dirty, that would allow me to get some confidence that this idea I have might actually work. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Randolph, and welcome to That Will Never Work. On this podcast, I speak with folks who are at every stage of building their own business, whether they're leaping from side hustle to self-employed or are already generating revenue and ready to level up. My goal is to draw out their biggest challenges and then, using a combination of advice, encouragement, and tough love, nudge them just a little closer to realizing their dreams. While I'm known for co-founding Netflix and serving as its first CEO, my career as an entrepreneur spans four decades. Netflix was actually my fifth startup, and since leaving there, I've had the opportunity to work with scores of early-stage companies and mentor aspiring entrepreneurs from all over the world. Along the way, I've picked up hundreds of tips, tricks, and secrets, which I'm eager to share with my listeners. Helping others move their ideas forward has become my life's passion. So if you've been told that will never work as much as I have, you've come to the right place. Together, we'll prove the naysayers wrong. I can't help it. I'm naturally cynical when an entrepreneur pitches me an app that they claim will change the world. Because an app isn't an idea. It's just one of many possible ways to execute an idea. Innovation starts with validation. For me, proving your idea is a good one comes first. Shiny toys come later. Case in point, today's guest, Kristen, who has a great idea for a just-in-time solution to find temp help. So while she has some questions for me, I have a bigger one for her. Is it really time to start coding? Today's show is all about navigating the idea stage, finding out where the magic is in order to put the time and resources into all the right places. If you want to hear me get skeptical and optimistic all at the same time, stick around. Kristen, welcome to That Will Never Work. I'm looking forward to this because on the show, we do a variety of different types of businesses at various stages. And you're kind of at almost my favorite stage, which is at least when you had called in and left a message, you were kind of pre-launch even. I mean, you were still in that stage of thinking it through and building it and kind of getting ready. So I'm really kind of interested to dig in on it. And so I think what the best way to do this is if you could start by just kind of telling us what is the problem that you were trying to solve? And then how are you trying to solve it? And then maybe we could segue from there into what it is you want to talk about today. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I don't know if you know this, but I actually met you, well, not met you, but listened to you the first time on Clubhouse. Since then, I've been following you, not literally, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I was so excited when I heard that there's this opportunity to ask you a question. So a little bit hiring is a quick service hire app that connects skilled professionals and individuals with last minute jobs or gigs at their convenience. So it's totally based on their availability. It's a wide variety of industries from trade, beauty, hospitality, entertainment. I kind of wanted to make it as such an inclusive app. The reason I wanted to do this app selfishly was for myself. I had been serving and bartending for off and on for about 17 years. And as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life, I had always had that comfort of having a serving job part-time. 
I'm in the real estate business now. And I still, as I grow that business, still need sometimes serving shifts here and there to kind of help compensate. And then when COVID came in, it took out the hospitality industry as well as some of the commercial real estate business, which I do. And I was left with no other way of making income. So I decided to take an idea I'd been working on and kind of manufactured around maybe the quick hire service that would maybe help me be able to pick up gigs and events when things started opening up around my availability that didn't jeopardize time with my already day job. And that's kind of where the idea branded from. Wow. Aren't there a million services in the world that help people get jobs? Yes, of course. You have like Indeed and Monster. And I think that those are more for the nine to five employee. This is generated towards the side hustle income. But there's also Merry Maids and there's ones for specific, there's TaskRabbit. What's the hole this is filling that none of those um, already fill? Or is this similar to those? Well, ours, I guess mine, technically, because that's where my, my question will come into. <laughs> my business is filling a gap because I feel like InstaWork and a lot of these ones are very, I would say, inclined to just look at one specific part of industries where you have like the hospitality side or you have some of the other ones that are more the cleaning services. This app actually does where it includes all different types of industries. We're not like anything where you can be a dog walker, a car detailer. This is basically just a side hustle platform. There's no booking agency. There's no one they have to talk to. They sign up, they download their profile when they're ready to work. They're there. And if when jobs are available, they get dinged and they, they can connect with the person hiring and the person hiring could be a business or an individual, not like yourself or myself, who's hiring for a private party or a private event or anything like that. So, uh, wow, do I have a lot of places that we could take this conversation already. But anything particular that you're uh, struggling with, worrying about, wanted to ask about? Not that I guarantee I'm going to answer it, but it might help me uh, focus a little bit. Yeah. So my question was, and the one reason I wanted to talk to you is I'm doing this all on my own, which is a little overwhelming. Being a solopreneur is very difficult because you don't have any support. You're kind of taking on every single aspect of the business. You're learning so much as you go. But for me personally, I am in the real estate business. So I do have that full-time business. And then I've been working on this business on the side. And as I look for funding, because it's kind of where I'm at to try to see if I can get this into development, I find that most investors I've talked to are looking for teams as opposed to investing in just one person. And so my question is really like, how do I do it? as a solopreneur, if that's the only option, what are areas that you think that I should focus most on and things that I don't have to necessarily worry about right at this stage where I'm at? Okay. So my answer is probably going to not be what you were expecting is I don't think you are ready to be anything other than a solopreneur. I should put that differently. It's not that you aren't ready. I think you are too early to have two people struggling with this. If two people happen to have formed an alliance and said, let's go figure out something we can do together, that's fine too. In fact, that probably is even better. But I don't think that's what your issue is right now. And being very honest, I'm almost certain that that's not the reason that you're having a hard time getting funding. As a quick aside, venture or anyone who's in the funding business, it's one of those businesses where nobody ever wants to say no. Not because they're in failingly polite, and I hate saying no, it's because there's only downside to no. 
Whereas giving a excuse turn down is a way to stay in your good graces in the event that Kristen stumbles onto something unbelievable, I can still go back. I haven't shot this person down. And I think that's a version of what you're getting here. I don't think the reason you're not getting funding is because you're not a team. I think it's because I don't think you've yet established that there's a there there in your business. Again, in the tough love category, I think you might be going faster than the idea deserves yet. But to give you the opportunity to maybe have me change my thinking about that, let me ask you the basic question, which is what gives you confidence there is a market for this besides you? Besides me, yes. Well, I've done focus groups for the last year, speaking to people in the hospitality industry, in the beauty industry. Which side? Employees or employers? Both. I've talked to people who do events or in the event space. I used to be someone who did some staffing for a promo agency back in the day. And I remember always having last minute cancellations or no shows. And unfortunately, there was nothing you could do to get somebody in last minute. It made our company look bad. It made us look bad. But I also was on the other side, too, where I was also one of those people who would pick up last minute bartending or serving shifts. So I know personally the struggle that can be on both sides. But I'm a part of a lot of women networking groups. And, you know, I've put my idea out there. I've listened to feedback. I've got so many great responses from it, probably over 500 from women all over the world that were asking when this app could be available in their areas and stuff like that, because they're always looking to find a platform where they can make extra money on the side using the skills that they have or the businesses that they have. I found especially women took the biggest hit through COVID financially. And I thought, you know, if I'm a person who has another business who's still looking to find extra income, there's got to be other people out there just like me. And through my focus groups and chatting and every time I had a conversation with someone, it was an idea I continue to put in front of people for feedback. The thing was they've never heard of anything like this. So although I believe and I do know from research there are other companies just like mine, whether the awareness is out there or not, that was something that I struggled with myself and figured, why not me? Why not I try to do it since I am someone that would use it? And I believe in the idea. I believe in the service. So if no one else is going to create it for us, then I will. So first of all, what you've done is fantastic. You've taken that first step, which is going out and finding these pain points. And it sounds like you have talked to a lot of employers who are saying, I would love it if there was a way for me to, on a two hours notice, get a bartender or a server or whatever this range. Is it mostly hospitality based? Is that the sweet spot? Yeah, I mean, hospitality is where it started because that's my background. But, you know, we've in the event space have found for makeup artists and promo models, even for construction, for real estate, you need a cleaning service, a staging company. These things are things you need within 24 hours. It's hard to book because here in Toronto, the market is insane. And I went through an experience in the summer where it took me a long time to find that kind of service. Okay, so you realize that there are plenty of employers who are going, gosh, I'd love to get someone on a few hours notice. And you've also said there's tons of people who would love to be able to get jobs on a few hours notice, right? Yes. So is the app the magic piece? Yeah, it's not in staffing agency. There is no go-between. It is completely done by them, almost if not to use that as an example, but like an Uber, where they just sign up, their profile's down. When they're ready to work, they put the hours that they're available to work. And when a job comes up, they'll get a notification when selected for that job. They accept the job and they're automatically connected. And the payment goes throughout the app as well. So we don't actually have to call and make that extra step difficult for them. It's a very simple, easy step. Are there agencies that do that manually now? 
To be honest, the ones that I found that I used as my research were mostly focused on the agency part where they were staffing themselves through the business. They had apps as well, but they were predominantly putting people together. And I'm taking that step out because I just don't think that it's necessary. I think adults can book and pick their people that they want. As long as the profiles are there and it's an available service, then they don't need me to have to go in between or anybody else. I'm probing on this for a reason. There are already agencies that if you need a bartender in two hours, you can call them. And yeah. people who want to be bartenders, I'm picking bartenders is because you said you've done that some, who are registered with this company and you can call that, the catering company can call that company and in two hours, that company will get a bartender for them. Yeah. That exists already. I'm assuming that there is probably a bunch like that. Like I said, that this one just allows that nobody has to be working for any specific company. This could be individual. This could be company-based. They don't have to be loyal to anything. They're, they set up for free. So there isn't uh, where they feel like they have that agency is the only one working for them. This app works with everybody. Yeah. Let me try and articulate what's bothering me. And I'm happy to talk about the solopreneur piece too. And this also applies to your ability to find funding to build out the app. Let's take two scenarios. Let's say you're able to point to, there's seven or eight companies in, are you in Toronto or something like that? Yes. Seven or eight companies in Toronto, which right now match up short-term demand with short-term supply. Here they are. I'm, in fact, I as a bartender, I'm registered with these five agencies. They have my hours, like you said. They know I'm available to work. And now these catering companies, they can call and do it. If that existed, what that would tell me is that there is absolutely supply and demand for what you're trying to do. There is absolutely a there there. In which case, your proposition is not, I think, that if there was a way to connect these two, there'd be this instant flow that people who want jobs would get them, people who want to hire would get employees. That the app would create something which I think is there, but I'm not sure it's there. Because if you pointed to these seven companies and go, it's absolutely there, there's no question about that. No one who's investing money has to worry about, there's tons and tons and tons of this matching going on. What I can do is do it more efficiently, I can do it faster, I can do it cheaper, I can do it better, and here's why. That could be a compelling proposition. But I think the, that problem solving has to be, <laughs> I don't want to use the word real because I know that it's there. I just think that there's a complexity to it that we, I'll be on your side here, may not fully understand, or I, I'm trying to understand if you fully understand it. For example, I think I've had two different entrepreneurs I've spoken to in a similar circumstance, not doing anything similar to yours. In fact, the very first podcast episode we released was the young woman who was building Uber for home health care, which is a small subset of what you're talking about doing. Wouldn't it be great if you all of a sudden needed someone to do some home health care task? There's the demand. And you have this whole network of people who want to provide it. I'm going to build an app. Boom, it's done. Conceptually wonderful. But what I told her, which is kind of the same thing I'm probing here for you, is you can prove whether your premise is correct without having to build the app. And you can do it with paper and pencil and pads and sweat, which is there's no reason that you can't be the artificial app. If you are right, you'll have a nervous breakdown. Not because your idea is bad. You'll be so excited your idea is really working. You'll have a nervous breakdown because the whole thing is working. You're constantly calling back and forth and you're connecting people. 
But I suspect you're going to find out there is some flaw in the supply and demand matchup. Now, if I put on my investor hat and Kristen's coming into me and saying, I want to raise some money, I'm not sure it's real. I don't know why it's not real. I don't understand this business. I'm not in it. But I can think of a lot of reasons why it's not real. And they come from a classic, it's kind of funny, the call I was just on was about a two-sided network as well. Usually in a two-sided network, we are connecting a supply side and a demand side. The problem is finding the match. You have too much supply or you have too much demand or you don't have enough. In other words, you have tons of people who want part-time bartenders, narrow niche. So there's tremendous demand, but there's no supply. And so eventually they go, why am I going to this app first when I hit the app and no one's ever there? Or you're convincing people, put yourself in the app. And they put themselves in the app with all their hours and no calls come. So that's the piece that you're trying to demonstrate is there. And you're fortunate that you can demonstrate it's there without having to spend 15 or 20 or 150 or $200,000 on building an app to do it. Is it repeatable and scalable? No. If you are successful, like I said, you'll have a universe breakdown. It doesn't work. But just think of the message that when you go into fundraise for that is. It's you go, oh my God, this is unbelievable how crazy busy this is. I have tapped into this incredible thing. And now I'm looking to raise the money to build the app to automate this so I can scale it. Right now I can't scale it. Or I'm scaling and I'm hiring my cousin, my neighbor, my roommate. We're all answering phones. We're texting furiously. But you have to demonstrate there's a there there, I think. Because what I'm scared of is I'm on the side of every entrepreneur. What I'm really scared of is you build this app and uh, it's the classic, what if I build it and nobody comes? I'll stop and see if I'm completely off base here. But that's why I start off by saying, how do you know there's a there there? Yeah, trust me, I absolutely agree. I think that some of the best ideas that I've seen and heard come from people's own experiences and, and something that they're building out as an everyday person you know, I've been in the industry a long time. So when you say there's a there there, I personally have experienced it. I've lived it for the last probably decade on both sides. I think as things go back into some sort of normal and the world opens back up, you're going to see a lot more people trying to a, add extra income, but people actually going out and having these events and needing these people and growing their businesses, requiring to hire people, maybe not permanently, but on these jobs here and there. And I think that the more inclusive I am, the more opportunity I can put out there to help as many people who've been in situations like me. And that's where it comes from. And I think there's always an opportunity to fail at it for sure. I would rather at least try and say I did try to do something that was going to help me and people that like me than just give up. And you should make sure you hear me really clearly. I am absolutely not saying give up. Absolutely not. No, no, I'm not saying you. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, when you're saying to put the money out there and I, I get that. I did do some things with the app so that it wasn't as expensive. I'm not going to go put out this crazy app. It's something that I think that could be developed and done better over time as we see the usage go up. For now, I'm just trying to get a service to help people. I'll try and be clear about where I'm coming from on this. And I'll first give you the background of why Mr. Optimistic, which is what I am, I'm always a believer. I've seen this idea a ton, not specifically the way you laid it out. I worked with a bunch of categories. It's a terrible expression. They're pink collar, it's called. Nails, hair. And there was always this classic mismatch I can't tell you how many companies have gone after the two-sided network 
you have someone who's rented space to have their nail service in a salon. Any extra hour they have is irreplaceable. And so they're going, how can I fill that hour? Well, it'd be great for the person who suddenly wants this and no one can seem to make it work. I've had three different companies that I've worked with trying that because I love that. Another example are people doing the trades, which is I want to get a plumber. I want to get a carpenter. I want to get these things. And then carpenters going, I'd love to get quick. No one that I've seen has really make it work. And then, of course, the big winner in the category, TaskRabbit, who was doing almost exactly, but not in the specialized sense, but a labor matchup. And even they have struggled for a long time to scale that. So I start from Mr. Optimism starts from this cynical sense. And if I can narrow down the question, I'm saying, is the magic the app? And my gut is it's not. Either you're correct in your premise that when someone wants a bartender at 7 o'clock p.m. that night and posts on the app at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, that there's five or six people who want that job. If that's correct, it works and it'd be very successful. And if there's tons of people like that, if it's happening recurrently, seven days a week, multiple times a day throughout the year, and there's always people seven days a week at multiple hours throughout the year who want those things, you're absolutely right. You've got a tremendous business, but the app isn't the magic. It's having identified the fact that you have this two-way demand for services that just can't find each other and you can match them together. And whether the app is good or bad, it doesn't make a difference yet, which is you're right. But I'm just taking it a step further is since the app is not the magic, you can prove it to yourself and to people by doing it without the app because you can do it without the app for a fraction of the price. And you could have been doing it without the app six months ago or nine months ago or 12 months ago when you began designing the app and finding someone to help build the app. You know, listen, you're almost done with the app. Build the app, launch the app try it. I'm just saying that the big uncertainty, the uncertainty, I swear your investors were uncertain about. It wasn't about, I wonder if an app can do these. They know an app can do this. It's been done a million times. It's no technical risk here. Their mystery was, is this really a two-sided network that matches or is there some mismatch here that Kristen doesn't get? That either there's not enough supply, there's not enough demand, or the two of them don't align in terms of days, weeks, and hours. That's what everyone's worried about. And your responsibility as an entrepreneur is to say, that's not a risk. And let me show you why it's not a risk. Right now, you can't demonstrate that until after you've spent X thousands of dollars on the app. What I was saying is, I would have encouraged you a year ago to say, fuck the app, do it on paper because then you'll quickly know either you're right in your first try. Holy shit, in my life, I can't breathe. I'm so busy making calls back and forth. Then you go, wow, I'm right. Okay, then I go, great, build the app. But more likely you're gonna go, oh boy, I was right. I have tons of people who want people, but the people who wanna work, yes, some days, no other, I can't align them or you have, you get the idea. I'll shut up on this. No, no, I love it. No, no. Since the podcast is for you, but it's for other people listening, it's identify what really is the problem and how can I solve that problem as quickly and cheaply? Find out. It does not need to be repeatable and scalable. That's really the thing. <laughs> God, two-sided networks is like my passion. So that's probably why you're hearing so much passion from me about it because I love solving that problem. The solopreneur thing. In my estimation, what is the most effective way to find somebody is to wait until you have that heat. 
once you've proven the there is there, once you go, oh my gosh, there is supply and there is demand and they do match, or I've figured out a way to match them, or I figure it's a clever thing and I'm going out of my mind trying to do this because it's not repeatable and not scalable. And usually when people are on your side of it, they're looking for technical help, which is even harder to find a partner to do that. Because the last thing engineers want to hear is, hey, build my idea. But there's something very powerful about going, I need advice, Mr. Technical Friend. Here's what I'm doing. And oh my God, it's going crazy. And I'm up all night now making texts and writing. And I swear to God, she or he or whoever they are is going to say, well, gosh, you could do this this way, or you could structure the app. And then halfway through the conversation, it's we could. And then it draws people in to solve a real problem rather than a pie in the sky. The same thing happens with a business partner too. The most powerful thing you can do is by demonstrating you've found this elusive energy and you're looking for advice, but it draws people in because it's a real problem they get to solve. That's why I suggest at the beginning of the call to wait because it'll be much, much, much easier. You'll find a person who is motivated by the right things. You'll watch their excitement about the problem you're solving. They'll see very clearly these specific things that need to get done to help it scale. It'll be way less of that hand-waving, imagine if you will, stuff that you have to do a lot of now. Okay, that's good. That's what I wanted to hear. So that helps a lot. In other words, you're fine. I beat you up on the app piece of it, but it's okay because you're doing exactly right by saying, I'll keep this simple, keep it myself until I show that stupid Mark Randolph guy how wrong he was about this app thing, which I hope you do because that would be awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? I always appreciate the time because if you're not learning from people, if you're not taking feedback, getting constructive criticism, it's really hard when you're just by yourself doing it alone not to know where to go. So everything you said is implemented in me and something that I will use as a great tool on how I structure myself and my days going forward. Where you are is where you are and it's great. And the advice I've given, that was writ large. That was say, you should have done it manually before you built an app. But that advice works every time is you do not need to build repeatable, scalable systems. Every time you have an interesting idea, think of what could I do today down and dirty that would allow me to get some confidence that this idea I have might actually work. That's so much better than going, okay, I've got this idea, it's gotta be perfect. We'll launch it in six weeks. No, then you have the perfectly built wrong thing. And I'd yes. rather you have a piece of crap which gives you an inkling you're going in the right direction. Success is proportionate to how much you try and how much you try is proportionate to how quick and dirty and cheap you can make each try. So do what you will, but uh, I think it's cool. Oh, and start by focusing. As you go for your little walk today and you're going, gosh, is the fact that I do everything simultaneously the magic sauce or is that just trying to have it be big? Because it'll work on all of these things. Because if being big is not the differentiator, if you're not going in and saying, the reason you should do me is because I do everything, then don't do everything. Pick hospitality. Start with hospitality, then expand to the next category, then the next category but it's gonna be hard enough getting supply and demand matched up in one niche. Anyway, all right, Kristen, I got one more thing that I gotta ask of you. I'm gonna check in. I'm gonna be following you. <laughs> and so I need you to let me know and um, we're gonna check back in again in six months or so. And I'm gonna to wanna to hear uh, where you are at that point. Cause hopefully you're launched and uh, we'll both learn a lot. And I hope <laughs> you can tell me how amazingly well it's going. 
Would that be okay? Well, that's the goal. That would be amazing. Yes, I would love that. Well, listen, thanks very much. And we'll chat again, I promise. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Ideas are cheap. So don't waste time and money building something until you have some confidence your idea will work. And it sounds like Kristen has some thinking to do. If she's truly focused on turning her idea into a business, she needs to start by figuring out the correct market segment and getting some hard evidence that her concept is sound. But you know, it's not so much about slowing down her goals as it is maybe honing in on them. At least that's my take. Hopefully we'll get a chance to see where she ends up in a few months. Well, that's all for today. And thanks to my guests for entrusting their business to me for a little while. I look forward to hearing back from them in a few months to see if my advice helped. In the meantime, if you want to be a guest on That Will Never Work, I've made it really easy. Just go to markrandolph.com forward slash guest. Fill out the form and leave a voice message right there on the site. While you're there, sign up to get my weekly entrepreneurial advice delivered right to your inbox. Or connect with me on Twitter at mbrandolph or on Instagram at that will never work. Or my newest attempt at denying my age on TikTok, where I promise you won't ever find me dancing without a shirt on. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to smash that like button and leave me a review at Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time. Audiation.